Oh, there's divine interception in this place. I'm gonna soak off script. We're about to enter a holy mess. Today is gonna be a coronation day and we're gonna get to that. But you know, in the book of Esther, before there was a coronation, there was a divine interception. Before she actually stepped into her purpose, there was a divine interception. I'm just gonna go here. The oil of Esther is an oil of interception. And you know, Mordecai who hung out at the gates all the time, he intercepted an assassination, assassination plan for the king. And later, he didn't even know it. Like, he didn't even know it. Mordecai didn't even have the knowledge that somebody was building a gallows for him. Some of you don't even know what the enemy has been plotting against you. But Yahweh knows, and that's all that matters. Mordecai didn't even know Haman was building a gallows for him. And Haman got up one morning and decided he was gonna hang Mordecai before lunch. And he walked into the king, that he walked into the palace to meet with the king. But what he didn't know is that the Lord had sent an anointing of divine interception ahead of his servant Mordecai. I believe an angel of the Lord went to the palace that night because it said the king was restless and he could not sleep. And he opened up the books and he read where Mordecai had intercepted his assassination. He said, has anything been done for this man? Not yet. Mm, That's a word for somebody in this room. Your not yet has not been a denial. It's been saving it for the right time. See, Mordecai could have gotten bitter that he did the right thing and nobody saw it. Nobody cared. Nobody did anything about it. But Mordecai was sowing seeds for his future and he didn't even know it. And some of you have sowed seeds for this interception. And the king was like, who's that in the court? Isn't God funny? Ha, ha, ha. Some of you are gonna do my annoying laugh to your enemy today. Ha, ha, ha. Haman was about to come in the throne room to ask to kill Mordecai. And the king said, who's that at my doorway? And they said, it's Haman. He said, bring him in. I need to ask him a question. And he said, Haman, what should I do to honor someone? And you know the story, Haman thinks it's him. And Haman paints this elaborate picture of honor. And I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see that devil's face when the king said, Haman, you, you, Haman, I said, you, I'm not calling a servant to do it. Haman, you, you go find Mordecai. divine interception and that is what is happening right now in this room not only is the Lord about to sabotage what the enemy had planned for you he's about to make your enemy pay back what he was gonna do he's about to make the devil re-robe you put a robe of honor upon your shoulders he's not gonna hang you So this is dangerous. 
and we're gonna do it. Listen, ladies, we gotta be organized today or we will never get through this. So, order in the house matters. If this is not you, don't be a groupie because you might stand in the way of somebody's breakthrough. But if you know it's you and you know that you need an, a divine interception today, you have been wrestling a devil. You have not been able to identify its name or see its face, but you know it's been plotting against you. I just believe right now in this atmosphere of divine interception, Jesus is about to do what He did on the cross. He made a show of demonic principalities openly. And I believe the Lord in the spirit realm is about to make the enemy robe those He had plotted to destroy. I know this sounds insane. Jesus, help my poor altar workers. Well, we're gonna use our swirl towels. This isn't your coronation, this is interception. You're gonna live to rule and reign because the devil that was plotting to take you out is about to have to honor the position God is putting you in. So right now in this holy atmosphere, I need my speakers to run up on this stage. Get up here and give them a robe. Now listen carefully. I need senior leaders. If you are the leader of a ministry, that doesn't make you better than I'm just making space, okay? Don't be cheating in this room now, God is here. If you're a senior leader of a ministry, whether you pastor the pastor's wife, you're leading a ministry and you need divine interception, you're gonna come right up here on this stage and line up. And in this congregation, they're not better than I'm just making space. I had to create a category. There is blue and purple tape all over this room, all the way to the back corners. Don't think if you're in the back, we're not gonna get to you. Let me tell you a secret. We'll get to you faster back there than up here in this chaos. Don't run to the front. But if you need an anointing of divine interception, if you don't, you're gonna keep praising because this swirl of praise is what's creating it. But right now, I cannot put a crown on your head until we take care of the devil that's trying to assassinate you in your reign. The Lord says this is an intervention of spiritual assassination happening in this room right now. If you need interception, go stand on that tape, purple or blue tape all over this room. And God help me, Gary, get our warriors, our prayer warriors and give them their robe. This is not your coronation, this is interception. And what they're about to do is anoint your head and they're gonna wrap you in a silly towel you're gonna say, seriously, Pastor Devin? Absolutely, absolutely. I want you to feel in the natural what God is actually doing in the spirit realm. I'm gonna tell you what I see in my spirit and you can believe me or not. I see angels dragging demonic spirits in here by the neck and placing them at your feet and telling them to honor the daughter of God. That's what I see. And I believe as these intercessors robe you, the dragging that spirit right to your feet and putting it face down and they are bowing to the anointing of Jesus Christ so if that's you get on a line and raise your hands don't you wait on anybody you begin to cry out for interception ladies facing me turn the other way they're gonna come right in the middle if you're in the aisles I just needed a, a middle ground because they're gonna pass through the middle and pray on each side do like the Ark of the Covenant 
lifted. All the way around, spread out, leave room. Right now, I wish I could prophesy everything I see is being intercepted. But I'm here to tell you, years are being added to people's lives. I see the Lord genetically intercepting some things. A spirit of infirmity wanted to, to manifest in your life. I see him intercepting cancer. I see the Lord intercepting adulterous affairs that were planned in the future of your marriage. I see him intercepting the wrong man or woman for your daughter or son that the enemy was grooming for them. I see him intercepting famine over your business. I don't know what it is, but as they robe you, that spirit that was assigned to you is bowing to the anointing in this place. Start praying right now. And I need you to step into a supernatural realm of what God's about to do through this supernatural meal. First of all, I declare over you what the Lord did in the original Passover. And that is this, when they came out of their bondage of Egypt, the Word of God says there was not one feeble one among them. And I have the faith and I am decreeing in this place for divine strength and healing over every body, every physical body in this place, that as we take this supernatural meal, we receive health and strength. We receive regeneration in our cells. And I believe divine healing is about to take place. Weariness is about to be rebuked. Your energy level is about to increase. That old weight of heaviness you feel every day, it's about to exit your life. Because the Lord is about to feed you a supernatural meal of acceleration. Esther's diet had to change. Before she could ever wear a crown, she had to experience a transformation. And it started with what she consumed in her mouth. They changed her diet. And you know this, they began to take her through a process of oils and the heat. And I'm not preaching that sermon today, but it's about to happen. Because Esther lived in poverty her whole life. She was an orphan who was raised by an uncle with a group of people that had been taken into captivity by another nation. And she was eating a diet of poverty. And history and rabbinical teaching will tell you that diet would make her skin, when it sweat, release an aroma. And her breath released an aroma, much like us with all the junk we eat. You do know toxins come out the mouth. And that was not appropriate for where she was going. Because if she was going into the throne room, the aroma of her past poverty could not accompany her. If she was going to have the opportunity to walk in a transformed identity, the identity of who she was had to be swallowed up by a royal opportunity. And I'm here to tell you this communion and what we're about to do to cleanse ourselves. I've got baby wipes at every 
aisle. Oh yes, we're not skipping over that labor because this is about a cleansing with the body and the blood. And maybe you didn't get your soul pure when Miss Prophetess Apostle Tarn spoke yesterday and convicted us all. And if you didn't, this is a good time to repent. But it's bigger than that. God is not gonna put a crown on top of your poverty. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about poverty in mentality, identity, and spirit. He will not put a robe on top of your dysfunction. He took Esther through a process for an entire year. They took her through a process for an entire year to make sure even the residue of where she had come from did not remain on her being. And religion has sold some of you the lie that your testimony is your only access to Him. But what are you going to do when you are so transformed that where you've been is irrelevant to where you're going? Oh, I'm making some of you mad. What are you going to do when the Lord says, you know what? That's not necessary anymore, sweetheart. They don't even see you that way anymore. What are you going to do when your past is actually wiped away and all things are made new? So in just a moment, I have our beautiful dance team from our school. They're going to come and our worship is going to be a dance before the Lord. They'll do it at least once. If we need more time, they can do it all night long for all I care. And they're gonna prophesy about the blood. And you can watch and participate because they're dancing for the Lord. Oh, golly, I feel such a weight. And what's about to happen in this atmosphere is we're gonna go to the table of the Lord together and we're gonna take the body and the blood of Christ. And I want you, you're gonna serve each other. I'm gonna to continue to give instructions in just a moment, but let me tell you what's gonna happen. You're gonna serve each other a supernatural meal. And as you take that little wafer and that grape juice, which are cheap and insignificant, don't be lost in that tangible represent, representation. May the Lord open your eyes to the spiritual meal He is feeding you. And I am praying that your body is healed. You are strengthened. You're going to pray that over one another. You're going to take a supernatural meal that will sustain you when Jezebel starts chasing you. You're going to take a supernatural meal that will sustain you. And you're going to take a wet wipe if you feel so led. And we're going to have a, a, a modern form of foot washing. And you know me, I wish I had enough basins for everybody. But this is different. Don't do it if you are not willing to divorce yourself from who you were up till today. If you're not willing for the Lord to wipe the past away, if you're not willing to prepare yourself for a fresh oil and a new mantle, it's kind of like delivering a baby, ladies. Our womb is necessary for the birthing of a child, but that womb is not able to carry another child until it is cleansed and purged. Don't make me get gross in here. What gave life to your baby in one season will actually infect you and kill you if you keep it beyond its expiration date. 
the Lord will cleanse the womb to start again with something new over and over again. And some of you just need a good cleansing of yesterday, good and bad. God is making way for a fresh mandate today. And so this, this wiping of the feet and hands is about purifying. The priest, when he followed this protocol, he could not wear shoes because he had to wash his feet and, and through the rest of the tabernacle, he did not wear those shoes because it was a sign of moving from the common to the uncommon. This is why when Moses saw the burning bush, God said, take your shoes off, Moses. This is not common ground. This is holy ground. It's why Joshua, when he encountered the angel on the way to Jericho, he said, take your shoes off, Joshua. There are some places you can progress in the spirit. A common mentality will not provide you access. And you must recognize when you cross the line of common to uncommon, profane to holy. And we're about to cross the line of common to uncommon in this place. And so you're going to have to remove your feet to, to wipe them. You don't have to, but I'm inviting you to. And you don't have to put them back on. I don't know what this place is going to smell like, that aroma. But do it at your seat. I am not responsible for stolen shoes in this place. But I want you to do this together. I want them to dance. And, and if you are a loner and you just want to do it with the Holy Spirit, fine. You can serve yourself communion and you can wash yourself. But it's beautiful to do it as a body. Help your sister walk away from her orphan identity and walk away from the process of what got her here. It's not about process now. It's about a fresh mantle and a transformation into what the process was about. And let's wash it away and let's prepare for what the Lord wants to pour out. Can we do that? So if you do not have communion elements in this room, would you raise your hand? Some over here to my right we can help them and then they're passing out those wet wipes and I'm just gonna let a holy moment happen I want you just as the music begins you begin and this is not something that requires an altar call if you need some space you can sit in the floor near you but just do it together with the people that are with you I'm gonna pray I'm gonna bless this moment and we're gonna participate with the Holy Spirit Father right now we're going to take your body and your blood and I pray, Father, for a supernatural meal to be served to the daughters of God in this room and for a victory for the blood of Jesus to be manifest in their physical being. Lord, provide them supernatural strength and endurance, supernatural acceleration and speed, supernatural health. May it spring forth. And Father, as we visit this golden labor, I pray, Lord, just like you cleansed Esther, Lord, it didn't just get on her, it got in her. You transformed her. May it happen over these daughters right now in this room. May the aroma of who we were be swallowed up by the aroma of the royalty you have anointed us to be. May the aroma of what comes out of our mouth change today. And we cleanse ourselves and we prepare ourselves for the transformation that's taking place in this room. Let's do that now all over this place. Go ahead, girls.
bulls and lambs Only one blood could satisfy Is the blood of the great I am Though the cry of Abel's blood Whom came soon can be heard The mediator of the new covenant Has a blood that speaks a better word Let's
this place all over this place take communion get out those wipes don't you go into service mode on me just because you saw a pulpit I just need something to hold my notes right now receive healing receive strength we're stepping from common to uncommon
We just crossed the bloodline. We just let go of what's behind us. I hope you did. I hope you made room for what's coming. I'm gonna do my best to declare a word of the Lord. And we are continuing to be interactive. And if you're still washing and taking communion or just receiving, please continue. Don't stop, we're progressing. But this summer I was invited into a swirl, a personal one. As I've told this story many times, the Lord woke me up and told me to begin running one day, according to 1 Kings chapter 18. And as I began to run, I entered a swirl that I have yet to exit. A swirl of the most amazing stories of confirmation, angelic intervention, and the movement of the hand of the Lord that I cannot even begin to describe. But in that run one day, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Devin, I am releasing Esther oil upon my bride. That is what today is about. I am releasing Esther oil upon my bride. And I am breaking a lie of optional participation in what is happening in our nation around us. Because as most of you have heard me teach in the story of Esther, we see that everything we usually preach was really just a process to get her to a position to do what God really called her to do. And most of the time we stop too short in our journey with the Lord. And we think as soon as we receive our first layer of blessing or breakthrough that God is done. But let me tell you something, God is not done in your life if the victory is limited to you. Because anything the Lord pours out will last beyond you. And until there is a generational repercussion of what God is doing in your life, He is not finished. We can rejoice at the personal victory of Esther, but God did not raise her up so she could receive a personal testimony of victory. And he did not bring you through the hell you've been through so you can just tell a personal story of victory. He delivered you to be a deliverer. And I'm so proud of your story, but it cannot end. The book of Esther could have ended if it was personal around chapter five or six, but there were 10 chapters because the first half was her story, but the second half was God's story through her life to affect generation after generation. I might feel a little preach on me. You can have fun. Maybe you can help me like y'all did Cecilia last night. And so she went through a process. She went from being in a swirl to creating a swirl. And we came to a swirl conference to be enveloped in a swirl, but it was so we could from this place and as we leave, create a swirl. And some of you are like, you know, this conference is called Swirl, but then I keep hearing about monarchs and I keep seeing butterflies and it all just seems like a holy mess, but it all goes together. And last night about 1230, I received a text and it was about the third one. 
of something that I just decided after three times the Lord must want me to declare this today. And it's what's about to happen in this house because our assignment is not done. I am so thankful for the personal swirl that we have entered. But our story is not done until what has been deposited in this place is bigger than your personal breakthrough but it actually produces a breakthrough that will affect generation after generation. And it will actually produce a breakthrough that cannot be contained in the walls of this house, but will far flow out of these doors into the nation in which we dwell. It's called the butterfly effect. Thank you for all those who sent this to me. The butterfly effect is a scientific term and it's actually called, this is so beautiful, a chaos theory. So my word holy chaos is actually scientific because we're talking about a swirl. Many of us have been talking about vortexes and tornadoes and hurricanes and do you not find it so prophetically odd that in the year we are declaring a prophetic swirl, we have not had one hurricane in the natural? If you haven't paid attention to that, I think it's like 40 or 70 years that that's happened. How many years? It better be 70, 40, as long as they can measure. We have not entered a hurricane season like we have had where there have been none. Why? Because it's a prophetic sign of the stillness of the kingdom in a season when there should be movement. Because those hurricanes and those tornadoes that we experience, they do not have their origination in the eye of the storm. They actually begin in other places such as the shores of Africa, and they travel to places like the shores of the United States, and they start with something called the butterfly effect. The initiation of a swirl comes from a scientific term, a chaos theory known as the butterfly effect. Why? It means that a wind disturbance in Africa as small as the flapping of the wings of a butterfly will travel through the atmosphere and turn into a hurricane by the time it reaches the shores of the United States. Big things coming from little movements. We keep looking for a big movement to do a big thing, but it defies scientific theory. And I'm here to tell you, it defies kingdom principle. It's why Jesus was tucked up in a manger, born to a lowly a, a, a carpenter and a lowly little girl named Mary because it was small things that produced big results. The Lord is too smart to put big things inside of big movements where they are a big target. The Lord will find something small and insignificant and cause it movement to spread across the nation and if we're not experiencing hurricanes right now it's because somewhere in Africa butterflies aren't flapping their wings and although I'm thankful we are not experiencing natural destruction 
I fear that the enemy's kingdom is flourishing because we are not producing enough wind to destroy what he is trying to produce. I'm talking about holy hurricanes in the spirit. And so the Lord began to download to me to be an initiator of a swirl in this nation. All by myself running. And I'm not gonna be all by myself. But he said, Esther oil is being poured out on the nation because Esther was an instigator. She was an initiator. And something about the flapping of her wings produced deliverance for an entire nation to such a magnitude still today at the Feast of Purim, she is honored and the act that she did is honored. It was generational deliverance. And we've talked about the process that she's been through, the purifying, but I gotta highlight a couple things today that will help you maintain the royal anointing that is being given to you. Because just because you receive it doesn't mean you'll keep it. Let's interview Vashti for just a moment. Given the opportunity, but lost the opportunity. Let's interview Saul for just a moment. Given an opportunity and lost an opportunity. And if Ton was up here, she would teach us that he kept a positional anointing, but he lost his kingdom anointing. Because just because you receive a royal anointing doesn't mean you'll keep it. If you are not processed properly, you will not maintain the anointing he is attempting to pour out on the bride. And we have to look at the life of Esther to understand the entryway, the pass card to her process was something that the world has lost the concept of and it was called her virginity. Esther could not get into the doorway of opportunity until her heart, her virginity was proven. Now, I know that's in the natural. I'm not talking about in the natural. I'm talking about the virginity of heart. Now, if you're not married, I'm talking in the natural. <laughs> and oh, that God would produce a wave of virginity back in this nation. The value of it. But you got to recognize in a royal palace, virginity was highly valued because they didn't have DNA tests back then. They didn't have a place you could go and pay a small fee and find out who the daddy was. And in royal lineage, there could not be any discrepancy about who fathered seed. So you were not going to be a bride who entered within any vicinity of royalty unless you were a virgin because the king could not risk any other human being taking credit for his lineage. And I'm here to tell you, we've already heard it preached that it's about pursuit of him, loyal to him, not our own agendas, not our own missions. And that was the entryway to a transformational season where Esther did not just have her past removed, but she received an impartation of new identity, just like a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. Caterpillars don't have wings to flap, and caterpillars can't cause swirls. All caterpillars do is consume. And the church is full of caterpillars who consume but never produce. 
and you will not keep an anointing if you are simply a consumer. If all you do is consume God's blessing for you and His favor for you and His anointing for you, you will find yourself much like Esther, sitting in a palace questioning whether or not you should step into the throne room, actually buying the lie that the anointing was for your comfort. We've got to move from being a consuming caterpillar into a producing butterfly. That caterpillar is a consumer until it willfully goes into its cocoon of death, its cocoon of transformation. And we see this in the story of Esther. She sat in the palace and recognized the time in which she lived because Mordecai helped her. And he said, Esther, I need you to go to the king because there's a Haman that's going to destroy our people. And I've heard the Spirit of the Lord arrest my heart about anything in this nation. There are private plots, plans, policies, and devices being constructed right now to silence and annihilate the church and the body of Christ. Forget it being a political competition. Forget being involved in a party. Forget thinking from a political standpoint and all the division and the controversy that has happened in the church because we took on that carnal mindset. Hear the prophetic word of the Lord today. It's bigger than a political party. It's bigger than a presidency. There is a Haman spirit who is trying to assassinate the bride of Christ. And if you and I are silent in this season, we will perish. Esther did not want to hear the words of Mordecai. She tried to send clothing to change his message and beg him to take off his garments of mourning. And I'm here to tell you, I will not succumb to the fear of people trying to change the message. I don't care if you unfollow me. I don't care if you leave nasty comments. You will not change my garments of lament. We are in a war right now. There's a Haman spirit that is after our seed. We will not change the message until he is exposed and hung on his own gallows. Esther had no authority to steer the message of Mordecai, and neither do you to steer the prophetic declarations of the Spirit of the Lord in this hour. Church leader in this place, quit tailoring your sermons to please people and preach the truth and please the Lord. The church is starving because they are not being fed truth. She begged him to change his message. And he said to her, Esther, if you are silent, God will raise up deliverance from somewhere else but you and your house will perish. It got personal. And today, the word of the Lord is personal. I'm about to provoke the mama bear in you. This is personal. As long as we sit in our homes and we hide behind our full walls and we think what happens to our government and what happens in the church and what happens to our local leaders and what happens with law and policy, we think as long as we shut ourselves in our house that us and our children shall be saved. And I'm here to tell you it's a lie and I'm going to confront it and I'm going to break it off of your mind. I'm here to tell you the enemy's coming for your house. 
You think his target is Washington? You are greatly deceived. His target is you. His target is your seed. And if you are silent, you and your household shall perish. But maybe for such a time as this, you have been called to break the silence. And I commissioned the church of the living God to take off the muzzle of silence for truth and righteousness in this nation. We are still the greatest influencers in the United States of America. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy the lie of irrelevance. Don't you recognize it? Don't you recognize your influence? If you weren't influential, then they wouldn't target us. If we weren't influential, they wouldn't have shut our churches down. If you weren't influential, Facebook wouldn't be censoring you and Instagram censoring you. If you weren't influential, they wouldn't be passing laws to kick us out of school and kick us out of government. Do you understand that you only target people that are actually a threat to your kingdom? It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. The bride has not lost her relevance or her authority. And you rest assured the enemy fears this right here. And he has bullied us into silence, but no more. But no more, no more. Because we represent the only legitimate kingdom this earth has ever and will ever known. No, I'm here to tell you, we will pray and we will cry out to the kingdoms of this earth, become the kingdoms of our God until the glory of the earth covers this, the glory of the Lord covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. Don't you buy the lie of irrelevance. And don't you buy the lie that the nations are not his inheritance. And it requires a changing of garments and a transformation from the inside out. Esther, before she tipped the scepter of the king, did a couple things that were important. Number one, there was an encounter in the bedroom before there was ever an encounter in the throne room. A lot of people will hear this word and take up arms and say, I'm ready to shift our nation. And you will march yourself to the throne room of influence and you will try to bypass the bedroom of intimacy and you will not tip any scepter in your favor. Because the only reason the king favored Esther in the throne room was because she won his heart in the bedroom. And a pursuer and a lover of him are the ones who will ask what they shall receive and ask what they will and they shall receive it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. And the church for far too long has tried to bypass the bedroom and walk in power and authority in public places. We have not gained access to in private places. And I'm here to prophesy you to you false authority is being exposed in the bride of Christ. We are about to see false kingdoms fall. Those who have built a kingdom on their own agenda but have not visited the bedroom of intimacy will lose authority church but you're about to find like Esther 
an elevation of those who have won his heart in a private place and who will gain a scepter of public influence. But it did not come without a cost because Esther went through a process of transformation from the inside out. And it started like a caterpillar wrapping itself in a cocoon. And a million of you could preach this message for me, but it's worth noting that that caterpillar, it volunteers for its own death. It wraps itself in a cocoon. It, it makes the declaration of Esther, if I perish, I perish. And this is what I'm finding in the kingdom. You better not engage the world of darkness if there's any part of you that has not been crucified with Christ. Some of you keep getting your hind end whipped on the battlefield and it's because there's too much of you that's still alive that becomes an open target from the enemy and you have not learned to crucify yourself with Christ. But I got a news flash for you. The devil cannot kill what's already dead. He cannot kill what's already dead. It's why Jesus went to the garden before he ever went to the cross. In Gethsemane, this is what I tell my students, he pre-died. Till his sweat became as great drops of blood, he surrendered in his heart and in his mind before they ever touched his body. And it's why he was like a sheep led to the slaughter. He didn't even have to speak. There was no resistance left in him. He was a yielded vessel because he passed through Gethsemane. And Esther, Esther, she got the word from Mordecai and many of you are like me. I'd have been like, yes, right now, I'm going to the throne room. But she stopped and she said, I'm going to fast for three days and three nights with no food and no water, which is a near-death experience. Esther pre-died so that by the time she appeared before the king and encountered Haman, there was nothing left of her to kill. And I'm here to tell you that caterpillar will go in a cocoon. It will volunteer for its own death. And the same body parts that gave it life will begin to deconstruct it from the inside out. Liquefy the caterpillar from the inside out. They call it caterpillar juice to where everything that did carry form deforms and deconstructs in a slow death. It's the same process a spider will use to consume its prey. And I'm here to tell you, you can either die on an altar of surrender or you can die at the hands of deception, but there's really no in-between. And Esther said, if I perish, I perish. And she voluntarily surrendered to that transition. And when she was granted access at the very beginning, when she won the beauty contest and when she changed her clothes and put on her robes, she had enough sense to know her daily garments were not appropriate for the throne room. Her daily identity, her ministry badge, her ministerial title, her kingdom title, that churchy title was not appropriate for the throne room. Her Jewish inheritance, which carried great authority in the spirit, did nothing in a pagan realm. She had to learn to clothe herself in the anointing and the identity that God had 
dress herself to look like a worthy partner of royalty. He extended a scepter of favor and she was able to petition him for the transition that was needed in the kingdom. And I'm here to tell you, the daughters of intimacy and the daughters who have surrendered to transformation, there is a scepter of favor that is being turned in our direction. There is a scepter of favor that is being extended to my life and your life right now that we can ask and we can petition and we can receive. Let me tell you right now, don't you receive Esther oil if you are not going to be bold in asking before the throne room. Because the story of Esther would have never been recorded if she had been timid or cowardly or silent or not known what to ask. Access was given, but it was her responsibility to petition. And the Bible says we have not because we ask not. And I wonder if the church is in the condition it's in because we are sitting around waiting for the king to do something. And the king is sitting around waiting for us to ask him to do something. And I just declare over you right now, there is a scepter of favor being extended over your life. And I declare a muzzle is coming off of your life. And you are going to begin to ask kingdom questions and present kingdom petitions before the Lord. And you will see them granted. Lift your hands all over this place. Father, I decree in this service even today that a royal scepter is being extended to your daughters. I decree in this room today that a scepter that was moved by intimacy is transforming to a scepter of authority over their life. And I declare whatever they ask, they shall receive. Father, we transform into aggressive esters in this place. No longer will we be passive Vashtis who wait for opportunity and deny you when it comes. But Father, we will come before we're even asked because we have been commanded to come boldly before your throne. Leave those hands up. Father, I decree in the name of Jesus, passive Christianity is dying off of your daughters right now, liquefying within them. And I declare, Father, that we are moving into aggressive Christianity from defense to offense. I declare I will no longer be a linebacker to block what the enemy is doing, but I will be a quarterback who will run across the finish line. And I declare kingdom turnaround. There is a scepter being tipped. What will you ask? That's my question to you. What do you ask when you approach him? What would you do with a holy moment, pregnant with generational opportunity? Do you have the boldness and do you have the spiritual wisdom to ask? Because God said, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Are we asking him today? Because I'm here to tell you, he will grant to those who will ask. And ask we ask, and the king puts his authority on it, then the 
we find in the book of Esther is she didn't just ask once. There's a big to-do made, to, made about the first time she asked, a big fast, a big story, because it was scary for her and it was a near-death experience, but something shifted over Esther. Once she got past the first asked and she learned the secret of favor and she saw the scepter tip in her direction, do you know the rest of the story of Esther is filled with her asking and him granting and everything that happened from the hanging of Haman to the annihilation of the enemies of the Jews to the double annihilation of the enemies of the Jews to the establishment of the Feast of Purim to the advancement of Mordecai, all of that was not a result of the petitions of the king. It was a result of the petitions of Esther. And how many of us will ask and receive once, but not get the news flash that he said, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. And I wonder what would change in your house and in this house and in this nation if we became aggressive like Esther and we begin to ask. Asking is important because when you ask and the king grants, then it becomes a declaration and a decree. Everything that Esther asked, the king gave her a signet ring and the ability to make it official. What you wish does not become official, but what you ask and decree becomes official in the spirit realm. Let me help you with intercession. What you think and what you wish does not become official. Just because Esther wanted it, it did not make the kingdom line up to it. But when she asked it and it was granted and it became sealed with the signet ring, everyone in the kingdom had to align with it whether they liked it or not. And this is why in prayer it's important to ask and it's important to decree. So everything that Esther asked, they would write it. There's so much revelation there, there is no time to teach, but they would write it in the language of the people. They would seal it with the signet ring and they would send it out so that everyone in the kingdom could read it and come into alignment with it. And this is what's about to happen in this place. I'm just gonna pray a moment, a corporate anointing of the oil of Esther on your life. And we're going to enter into a season of asking and decreeing. And if you don't have the faith for this, it's been an awesome conference anyways. And you can go when you're done. But today, the Lord has ordained the butterfly effect to start in this house. And the small flapping of our intercession is about to create a national hurricane in the spirit. You really believe that, Devin? With all my heart. The small breath coming out of your mouth decreeing the will of the king is about to cause a national hurricane in this nation. It's why the Lord has instructed me over the next two years to go to seven strategic places and run like Elijah and intercede like Esther. I'm about to flap my wings in small ways in seven different regions and we're about to see a national hurricane in the favor of the king. I believe it with all my heart. I've been anointed for it. I've been commissioned for it. 
because I didn't want to do it. And today you're going to join me, willfully or not. Because I will not look in the eyes of my children and tell them I did not do everything I could. I may do all that I can and not have enough agreement to shift what the Lord is trying to intercept, but I will not go down without giving him my all. If I perish, I perish. My children and your children are worth it. God is not done with America. God is not done with America. The spirit of the Antichrist will not take over yet. There is still a revival to be had. There is still a harvest to be won. with me look at your neighbor and say he's not done with America yet now I'm gonna be real with you I'm not playing and neither is the Lord but I'm asking today for all who are willing to receive this oil and join with me whether in person or in intercession from wherever you are I am asking for all the daughters to lend their arms to this cause. And I have heard the Lord say over the next two years, there will be a window opened over this nation. And if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, I will heal from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I'm here to tell you I don't care how dark it gets. The kingdom of God is about to invade this nation and God will finish what he started. There's a wave of revival coming. We have not tasted yet. I don't care if they put us in prison. I don't care if they censor me. They cannot censor the Holy Ghost and fire that's coming to the nation. you to fast with me. I'm asking you to run with me. I'm asking you to run fast with me. I'm asking you to intercede with me because I'm here to tell you there's a plot swirling. The enemy's got a plot swirling. I don't know the fullness of it, but I keep getting glimpses of it. And I'm here to tell you he thinks it's happening in a secret place, but the Lord's about to give us the anointing of Elisha where he tells us what's happening in the very bedroom of our enemy. There's about to be a divine interception over this nation. You hear me? There are some attacks being planned against the security of this nation. And I'm here to tell you our prayers are about to stop some wars. They're about to intercept, intercept some terrorist attacks. Devin, have you lost my mind? Yes, I've lost my mind and I've gained his. And I will come out fighting for my children. You can't lay down and take this quietly. If you think it won't affect your bank account, your house, your business, look at what COVID did. Never again should the bride of Christ be caught off guard, guard by the attacks of the enemy. I'm here to tell you, you can't hide from what's coming. You might as well jump in with me as to realize I'm gonna die anyways. I might as well die fighting. And I'm here to tell you, you might as well go down fighting with me. 
can't escape what's coming. You can stick your head in the sand. You can turn on your praise and worship music. You can turn off my sermons. You can unfollow me. You can stop reading what I write and listening to what I say. You can hide all you want, but you cannot hide from what's coming. You cannot hide. I'm here to tell you the seals are breaking in the heavenlies. The scrolls are opening. We are about to see the fulfillment of things that will be horrible and wonderful all at the same time. It's not the day for cowards. And let me tell you this, when that butterfly goes into that cocoon, it not only does its liquids in, um, liquefy, but you know how you can tell when the monarch butterfly is about to come out of its cocoon? Its head falls off. Go watch a video. It snaps its own head off. In other words, the butterfly cannot come out of its cocoon with the mind of a caterpillar. It just doesn't work. Not only does God transform its diet and transform its body, but I'm here to tell you, you can't become a monarch if you're not willing to lose your caterpillar head. How you've been thinking in the past ain't gonna work anymore. How you've been looking at God in the past ain't gonna work anymore. How you've been thinking about yourself in the past isn't gonna work anymore. Today, God's about to put a crown on your head and you're about to lose your carnal mind transformation. I've lost my mind and gained his royal identity. That's what's in the way. You know, royalty starts with a crown. Coronation starts with a crown. It starts at the head and the body comes into alignment. And when that monarch butterfly loses its head and it gains a new one, it gains the strength to break out of that chrysalis and spread its wings as a butterfly. And you better believe it don't look anything like the caterpillar it was. And you're not gonna look anything like the coward you've been. You're not gonna look anything like the consumer you've been. You're not gonna crawl on your belly and consume, consume, consume. You were meant to soar with the eagles and rule and reign. And you're about to gain a new perspective of his kingdom. Lay your hands on your head. Father, give us new thinking. Transform our minds. Thank you, Father. Yesterday you healed our minds, but today you're about to crown our minds. And let me tell you right now in this place, he's about to anoint the head with Esther oil. And this head is about to turn you from a passive follower of Christ into an aggressive asker before his throne. He's about to anoint your head with Esther oil and you're about to lose the coward in you and love not your own life unto the death of your own reputation. You're going to get lost in your kingdom assignment. This Esther oil's about to hit you and your body's about to line up. Your garments are about to change. How you identify yourself is about to change. And he is clothing you with an authority that will tip the scepter. And I hear the Lord saying, there will be accelerated turnaround of the answer. You're about to tip a scepter and there's about to be accelerated turnaround of the answer. God said, you better be careful what you ask because I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do what you ask. 
He's anointing the head with oil. He's anointing the head with oil. You know, I'm just gonna do it right now. Just lay your hands on your head. Jemakiah, Jesus, you know I wanted to put a crown on every one of them, but I don't even know how to do it right now, so you do it. Let Esther oil flow in this place. Let Esther oil flow in this place. Let your daughters step into their royal identity. Let the crown of heaven be placed upon their brow. Let Esther oil be poured upon them. You know what? My prayer warriors in each section, just do your best to put your hands on them right now. I need some of you to put one hand on your head and one hand on your neighbor. We're going to have to do this as a group. We got so many in here, but I'm not willing. I'm not willing that anybody miss this moment. There is Esther oil being placed upon your brow right now. There's a swirl of transformation happening over your head right now. Hey, hey, Esther oil is falling right now. The coward in you is dying. Authority in you is rising. He anoints your head with oil. Anoint them with Esther oil. Dip a scepter. Pop 
seat in the, that city.
receive it, ladies. Just start laying hands on each other's hands. Oh, come on now. Pray for your sister. We got to get this Esther oil out right now. It's flowing. It's flowing. Just receive it. Put your hand on your neighbor's head and pray in the Holy Ghost.
to preach it, but Esther was too skinny for the king. History bears out he fattened her up, and I'm here to tell you, the Holy Ghost is fattening you up. You are swelling up in the anointing, and yokes are breaking. There's a swelling up of the bride. If you take that promise and squeeze it, Holy Spirit. 
Spirit speak two words to me that I did not even realize were back to back in the story of Esther. He said to me, Devin, couriers and horsemen. And you're doing like I did, okay? Back to sleep. Asher cries, Wah! I get up with a bottle and I hear in my spirit, couriers and horsemen. I heard it all night long at minimal five times. And last night, I saw what I heard. I saw angels on horses and I heard the like the rustling of the horses, like a horse that's at a gate and it wants to go, but the angels pulling the reins and they're just shuffling all around this place. And I saw them last night and I thought, oh my word, they're gathering, they're gathering, they're gathering. And last night, I finally took the time to try to research what the Lord had told me. My God, we're about to see the butterfly effect. Couriers are members of diplomatic services that are entrusted to deliver messages. Couriers can be espionage agents or spy agents that deliver secret information. And a courier is a messenger that delivers on diplomatic level and private levels. What makes a courier different than the United States Postal Service is that a courier will deliver with accelerated speed and accuracy. And a courier is used for immediate delivery and a 24-hour turnaround. Oh my God, you need to hear what the Lord is saying. The United States Postal Service is okay if you got five to seven days. But a courier is used when a message needs to be delivered with a 24-hour turnaround. And I went to the book of Esther. And Esther had gone to the king and petitioned him. She told him the enemy. She told him the problem. And then she said, King, please do something about it. And he looks at her and he takes off his signet ring. And he says, how about you do something about it? He says, Esther, here, here is my authority. You write a decree. Stamp it with this ring. And this is what the king said. He said, I am assembling my royal couriers and horsemen. And he said, they will take your decree out with speed and deliver it to every province so that the people can abide by your decree. What was the Lord telling me? What did I see tonight? We have a divine opportunity. And when you need to go, there is no condemnation. But don't you miss the fact that there may be a courier and a horse with your name on it. What showed up in this house last night? Messengers with accelerated delivery speed. The royal horsemen of heaven. 
And this is why you know the book of Revelations is full of the seals that will be broken and the horses that will deliver the message. But I'm here to tell you, there's a band of horses that are coming before those horses come. There's a band of horses being released over this nation before those horses are released. And it's the decree of the bride of Christ under the influence of Esther oil. What are you saying, Pastor Devin? I'm saying right now, there is a scepter being tipped over this house. And God is saying, I am giving you the signet ring of my spirit. Daughter, you decree it, and I will send my messengers to do it. You decree it, I've got my messengers ready to take it. All they're waiting on is for you to articulate where you want them to go and what you want them to do. And I'm gonna deliver this message within 24 hours of it coming out of your mouth. on your brow and the scepter of heaven tipped in this direction. We're about to start asking. Oh, stay right where you were. We're about to start asking. We're about to start petitioning heaven. And let me tell you something. Esther's petition started on a personal level. She begged God for her family. She begged God for her children, her life but they ended on a national level. Because just like Solomon, you can ask a question on one level and God will answer you on multiple levels. And I'm here to tell you, there are couriers and horsemen that will take messages for your personal house, but there are couriers and horsemen that are ready to ride all the way to the four corners of this nation. You hear me, daughters of God? It's the butterfly effect. Your little prayers here are about to start a swirl. You're about start a swirl all over this nation and we're about to cry out so my question is what message do you have for the angels to take what decree do you have I have one I'm making a personal one today and you can come into agreement with me. I want you to make a personal one. Whether it's over your house, we're gonna all end by praying for our nation. Oh, but I'm about to make a decree right now. I'm about to make a decree right now. I need my students. Where are all my RSM students? Any of my RSM students, ARC students, get up on this stage. Just stand up here so I can see you. You're gonna move in a minute. Stay right where you were. Stay right where you were. Don't, don't take it down. Don't take it down. Don't take it down. Right now, these horsemen are about to ride. You all think I've lost my mind. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, there are couriers and horsemen in this atmosphere. And those horses, they are moving. They are snorting. They are ready to go. The angels of the Lord are ready to go. And time is short and God is waiting on our decrees. But I am contending for a move of God in this nation that America has not seen yet. I've heard the stories of moves of God in this nation. I experienced a couple. We heard stories this weekend and I'm here to tell you as beautiful as this move has been, this is not the culmination or the heights of what God can do by His glory. 
and in my life. I was wrecked when I was 16 years old in a revival called the Brownsville Revival. And it didn't happen when the worship started. It happened when our bus parked in the parking lot because the pavement was saturated with the glory. People couldn't even make it past the grass to get in the building before they were crying out in repentance. And I did not know how divested I was in the supernatural. I was pretty analytical, pretty hard-hearted with the Lord. And it was as if my will and my mind melted like wax in the dimension of glory. No one preached to me to repent. No one pointed out my sins, but hot tears fell down my cheeks and I shook. I sat on a Brownsville bench and I had my hands on the back of the bench and my head was bowed and I shook and I was angry because I could not stop my spirit from crying out to Yahweh, even though my mind did not want to yield. And I was wrecked forever. And you cannot drink of a well and settle for religion. And a few years ago, the Lord graced me with the ability to go back and take some of these students. And you know, I know that revival ended and people can say what they want unless you experience it, I'd keep your mouth off. Unless you've been to Toronto and experienced it, I'd keep your mouth off or a Zuzer or any of the others. Until you experience it. And that's why we are inundated in religion in this nation. We have taught our children a form of godliness that has no power. And if we don't have a revival, we will lose our sons and daughters. They are sick to death of personality cults and false promises. They just want the glory. And I went at the very seat I sat in and I wept and I said, Father, would you grace me with a gift of opening up this well of revival in our nation again? (laughs) Father, I'm not gonna ask for much, but this one thing I ask, let my children drink of a well like this. Let them not hear stories like Gideon, but ask where the God of their mother is. And we prayed and we cried out and we left the building. And when we got to the parking lot, I went out and my students, they were like ducking and everybody was acting crazy. And I looked and there was a bird and I didn't know at the time it was a dove. It's just swooping down, trying to sit on the heads, the heads of our students, sitting on the heads of our teachers. It was like it was attacking. And silly me, I ran in fear and got in my car and shut the door. And I'll be doggone if that bird did not fly to my car. And it set upon my head on the top of my car. I didn't pull the video, I should have. And we recognized it was a dove. And it sat on my car while I tried to leave and it followed, sat on my car till we got to the edge of the property. And then as soon as my front tire exited the property, it just gracefully flew off and went back to the tree at the entrance of the church. 
I knew it was a supernatural sign. I'm like, oh my God, that was the Holy Ghost. What just happened? What just happened? I didn't have the revelation of the head down, all that. But I told that story in my church and two weeks later, somebody sent me an article. It was Pastor Gilpatrick's article he had written, the pastor of Brownsville Assembly of God who stewarded that revival. And two weeks before that revival broke out, he said a dove came to his window in his office. And the Lord spoke to him and he said, I am going to send my spirit on this place and a dove will sit here and it will remain. Oh, are you hearing me? Brownsville revival ended. There is grass growing through the parking lot. The sanctuary is empty, but the dove is still looking for a host. God is not done. People were done, but God was not done. So I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you. A few weeks ago, somebody sent me a text and they were like, Brownsville's selling their pews. <laughs> they're clearing the sanctuary and they're selling their pews. I said, I gotta have one. I've gotta have one. Because if the articles of the temple can be anointed, I believe the very fabric of that place was forever changed by the glory of God. Stop for just a moment. I can't, I can't, I can't. I said, I've got to have one. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care what you label me. I don't care if you think I'm trying to recreate something. I'm here to tell you, Yahweh has decided to tip a scepter in my favor. And he told me I could ask what I wanted and it would be granted. And I began to pray the moment he spoke that to me in this altar. I ran to this stage and I said, this is my petition. Everywhere those pews are dispersed, let the fire of that revival be dispersed in America. Open up the heavens and let the wells of revival spring up. And that was before I had one. And I'm here to tell you, lo and behold, for our birthday and anniversary, our crazy staff bought us four of them. And I placed them in this altar. You can play, play me prayer of, play me songs of intercession. You can play. I've got them right here. And I mark them north, south, east, and west. And I'm gonna ask my students right now, if you'll make way, I'm gonna ask my students right now, go kneel at them. Go lay yourself across those pews right now, right now. Move, move. Pick north, south, east, west. Tori Jojo, be ready to go. Lay yourself on them, kneel at them. I heard the Lord say, these are like Methodist kneeling benches. We may tap into those wells too. This is my personal petition, what's yours? What's yours? Because right now, we're about to rend the heavens with our asking.
But I wanted to start the party because what I'm praying is going to affect not only me, but it's about to affect you in this nation. Oh, couriers of heaven. Oh, angelic couriers of heaven. I make this decree this day. And I declare let the wells of revival in this nation spring forth again. I decree, Father, that what has stopped up the move of your spirit in this nation shall fall to the ground this day. I declare, Father, what was not a finished at Azusa, what was unfinished at Toronto, what was unfinished at Brownsville, I declare, let it be birthed in 2022 in America again. I decree what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what has not even entered into the heart of man. Father, blow our mind by your spirit. And today, I line up sons and daughters who are a remnant that will not bow their knee to Baal, but today they bow it to cry out for revival. And we let our tears hit these pews, and we declare these pews have not seen the end. 
spirit of order. I declare in the name of Jesus as the Lord is designed to open up the wells of revival. So the enemy has designed to destroy and produce distraction before they are poured out. And I declare Father and I are dumb over this nation and covering from our enemies on all sides. I declare what the enemy has targeted in secret around demonic tables shall be exposed openly in the name of Jesus by the bride of Christ. She will regain credibility in governmental realms by her acts of intercession and reporting. And I declare protection in the airways, protection at the waterways, protection on our 
I want to make a decree. It's one that uh, sometimes you wonder if anyone else or how many people will even care. Sometimes I wonder if the church even cares that we're building we're building our own separate altars waiting on the rain but rain doesn't fire, fall on divided altars and in first kings they were in a three year famine and before fire fell and before water was released we never catch this but the Bible said Elijah healed the altar when I was 17 years old it's so strange I had a dream and it's a dream to see the church be one that's really what the dream was about and it was about cutting the head off of a serpent called division. And I have been weary at times, especially in today's church culture. We are just fine having white church and black church and Hispanic church, charismatic church, and cessationism church. We're just fine building our own altars, thinking God will come to our altar. And I want to give God thanks because this is the most diverse, multicultural, multi-generational women of fire that I've ever seen. And it's a testimony. You hear me? It's a prophetic announcement. I'm not just talking about holding hands and singing kumbaya for the sake of diversity. Because anything that you build around except the person of Jesus, I don't care how diverse it is, if it's not around Jesus, it's the spirit of the Antichrist. Sometimes I have felt like, no, like Lord, did I just miss it? And I'm standing over at that pew. This is the craziest story. And a young lady comes up to me, and here Devin is preaching about horsemen and couriers. And the dear sister walks up with horses all over her sweatshirt. And she said, the dream God, she has no clue. She said, the dream God gave you when you were 17 is about to take wings. And it's about to happen. I want to announce to you that no matter how glorious what you've had is, there is a greater dimension coming that will happen when our altars that we build in our own name to our own little God, when that altar gets healed and we start building an altar together back to Yahweh, there's coming a national thing. 
not just a church thing or a regional thing. I'm telling you a national thing. Washington, D.C., the left and the right do not have the answer for what's wrong in America. So I decree that we will be one as you and the Son were one, Father. I decree and declare that unity will produce the greatest glory the church has ever known. I decree and declare that all flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And I serve notice on every demon principality rulers of the darkness of this world spiritual wickedness in high places that has deceptively entered pulpits and Christian movements and sabotaged and hijacked the message of the kingdom I serve notice on you that angels are coming to help us And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, I'm commanding blessing where I find people walking together in unity. I'm sending the commanded blessing. Lord, I decree you're going to heal our hearts. You're going to heal our streets. You're going to heal the racial pain, the wounds, the division the tension, the hate. churches bust the Bible belt break the Bible belt bust it at the buckle How? I pray it in the south that this thing break up in the south I pray it break up in the somebody get in agreement with me right there I pray it break up in the south. I pray heaven come to earth in the south. I pray the kingdom be demonstrated in the south. Let it sweep, but let it start in the south. Let it start, let it be so much you that this entire nation knows it was the glory of the Lord that did it. It was the glory of the Lord that did it. 
take someone by the hand right now. Lord, we corporately renounce every work of darkness, every hidden assignment and agenda of the enemy. And many, Father, are ignorant that their division is causing their spiritual defeat and frustration. But I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that a revelation of the one man, the one man, Ephesians 4, you're bringing us into a revelation, Lord. Jew and Gentile have come together into the new man, the one man. And I thank you that we're putting on the fullness of Jesus Christ. And Father, these fleshly demonic assignments that we have fed and paid our attention to that have robbed us of corporate anointing and corporate power and I hear the spirit of the Lord saying it is a false wisdom and they speak with an eloquent tongue but they inwardly are full of dead man's bones and the spirit of the Lord said I am sending Ruach to the valley and the bones are getting ready to come together the bones are getting ready to come together. Bone come to bone. Bone come to bone. The Bible said that there was a great noise in the valley. Somebody release a noise. The bones are coming together. The bones are coming together. I call for the flesh. I call for the, the strength, the muscle to come. the south, the east. I 
I see nations, nations. You hear what I'm telling you? Nations. And I want to tell you not one nation in this room and not one nation on this planet belongs to the devil. The earth is not demons. The earth doesn't belong to powers and principalities of darkness. Psalm 24 said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I want everyone in this room to lift up your voice for your nation, wherever you're from. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. It's an international move of God. It's an international outpouring. Africa will see the glory. Asia will see the glory. The islands will see the glory. North, South, Central America will see the glory. Europe will see the glory. Australia. So Father, I pray now that we would not just receive and declare, we would demonstrate. We would not only decree a thing, but we would demonstrate what the kingdom of God looks like. Some of you are about to get a new friend circle. Because your swirl's changing. And you cannot soar with eagles and cluck with chickens and run with ostriches. You're about to get some new friends. And I'm going to go a step further. Some of you are about to get some new friends that don't look like you, dress like you, do your hair like you do it. It's going to be a good thing. Lord, send the greatest move of the Holy Ghost 
I pray with Devin, God, that these pews be seeds. Just reminders, igniters. Many of you know Lyndall Cooley. Just a week ago, week and a half ago, he, he almost died. Had a major heart episode. I understand this morning he's recovering, doing better. And the fear of God be in me as I say this. I feel like that's how close it was to losing revival. But God's preserving it. You hear me? Don't you go back home. I'm going to shut up and sit down. I got to go preach tonight in North Carolina. But don't you go back home and let some dry, hot, religious somebody tell you you went to a place full of excitement. Settle down. The only thing that will settle, there, there ought not be one thing that settles you down. The only thing that could settle this down is for you to believe a lie. You ought to go back home and blaze with glory for the rest of your life. We don't serve a God of diminished power. We serve a God of increasing power. He's not getting tired or weak and will not need a nap this afternoon to help me tomorrow morning. He is on the throne. He is in control. He is Yahweh, the captain of the Lord's armies. And we give him glory from the east to the west, the north to the south, young and old, red, yellow, black and white, rich and poor, sons and daughters. Open up your mouth and give God the greatest praise you've got left in your right. today. How many believe something has shifted? And we'll continue to as long as you continue to be aggressive and ask. Don't leave what's been imparted to you in this room and go back and try to crawl back into your caterpillar stage. Go forth and demonstrate what God has done. But this atmosphere is so charged right now. There's no 
pretty way to end it. Women of Fire has been phenomenal. We'll do it again. Some of you may be meeting me in Washington next week. There's still room if you're going to. If not, we'll be going to New York at Purim and Nashville and plenty of other places, but you can pray where you are. But right now, don't discount an atmosphere like this and don't leave without having your cup full. I'm just gonna let them take us into worship and you are dismissed when you're done. If you still need prayer, you can pray for one another. There are still altar workers. This place is still open. It's 1.50. I can't imagine what the Lord could do in 10 minutes of seeking Him with worship as we close out Women of Fire. So every hand lifted one more time, can we give Him glory for what He's done? And can we give Him glory for what was done that we cannot see? We praise You, Father, for what we do know happened, but we praise You on a greater measure. Lord, we lift those hands for 